luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech. We have always believed that if we built the right technology, we could amplify and enhance and enable human progress. And when I look at what lies ahead, I realize that we've really just barely begun. Your hosts are Mark Schaefer and Douglas Carr. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Luminaries. This is Mark Schaefer, your host, and this is where we talk to the brightest minds in tech. We're going to be talking about transforming technology, transforming our businesses, transforming our lives. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Douglas Carr. How are you, Doug? I am well. Well, we have an amazing, amazing show today. We're sitting here with Michelle Paris. Michelle is the head of strategy and market development for Pivotal Labs. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thank you. I'm so delighted to have you here. And uh, we had the opportunity to spend a little time together earlier. And you just have an, um, and such an interesting career path that started with gold. <laughs> Tell us a little That's bit a, about your path you. from gold <laughs> to technology gold. Of course. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, so thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm super excited to be on this podcast and to talk about all the great work that we're doing together. Um, so I've always been an entrepreneur, and my first startup was my goldsmithing practice. So I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from a leading university in Canada, where I'm from, and I studied how to essentially make jewelry and how to scale and build a business around making jewelry. And you know, really working with customers early on to understand, you know, making these really meaningful things for them, what it was that they wanted and needed. And so I ran that studio for seven years and then kind of hit a wall where it, you know, was not scalable without significant capital investment like many startups face right now and decided to figure out what the next phase was. And so from there, went into, uh, you know, during this time in my arts career, I had been writing for many publications across North America, uh, craft, metal, arts, etc., and had built up a pretty great roster uh, and portfolio of content. And when I decided to shift my practice, was brought into um, an institute that was focusing on design thinking. And this was in 2004, 2005, so pretty nascent in terms of thinking about how the heritage of design practice could have an impact in business and what that impact could be. So help, I helped to write a book called The Imagination Challenge, Strategic Foresight in the Innovation Economy. And that was essentially my entree into technology and innovation and strategy. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, in part of Pivotal Labs, I'm, I'm curious about mm -hmm. uh, Pivotal Labs is obviously the newest part of Dell Technologies, mm -hmm. and it's a little bit unique. It is. <laughs> with Dell Technologies. Absolutely. Can you talk about Pivotal Labs' role, yep. uh, especially in uh, with respect to advancing IT transformation? Absolutely. So actually, Pivotal Labs is one division within Pivotal Software, which is our newest entity. And Pivotal was formed in 2013 when Pivotal Labs and a number of other companies were rolled up 
up to form this new company, Pivotal Software, et cetera. Um, and we have three main business units. So we have our Pivotal Cloud Foundry, which I'm, you know, if at Dell EMC World, we've been talking about quite a bit. It's our cloud technology. Uh, we have our big data suite and tools, which, uh, you know, consulting and, um, and many software products to help companies scale their data, and then Pivotal Labs, like you mentioned. And it is a really interesting organization. We are a startup who happens to work with the Fortune 50. We are a startup who happens to have investment from GE, Ford, Microsoft, and now being part of Dell Technologies as, has the power of the biggest, one of the biggest technology companies in the world. But we're still small. We're just over 2,000 people with a few, you know, roughly 20 offices worldwide. But it's a, it's a very unique organization within the Dell family. Well, the thing that's so interesting is we had a chance to talk a little bit preparing for this. Mm -hmm. And your first question to us was, okay, who's the audience? <laughs> <laughs> so you live design thinking. And what I love about this is that you are in the right place in the right company because mm -hmm. this is your passion and this is what you yeah. do. So tell us a little bit about this amazing process with, with Pivotal right. that how, and, and how you're bringing your design thinking to help your customers in this sure. amazing process? It's a great question. And I think what's really interesting is that as the practices of building new software products have evolved over the last 20 years, design thinking becomes one tool that you have in a portfolio of tools that you think about applying depending on the context, the business goals, and the customer need. And so with Pivotal, on the consulting practice side, we have a very specific methodology that we apply. And we're very rigorous in that methodology for two reasons. The first is because we've been able to tweak it over the, a number of decades, keeping in mind that Labs was actually founded in 1989, and we've been doing this kind of work for a really long time. Um, so we've been iterating on this process, and we feel that this is the best process to get the best results for software development. And also, because we work with our clients so closely, when we start an engagement with someone, they come and they co-locate with us for three to six months. We do pair. It's, it's immersive. It is yep. completely You're immersive culturally. Together. Absolutely. Yeah. Our teams are 100% dedicated to whatever it is it's, that we're it's building. It's such a unique process. We have ritual that goes along with every aspect of you know our stand-ups, our retros, our iterative planning meetings, and we adhere to that really strongly so that when our clients disengage with us and we want them to, we want to become obsolete eventually, yeah, the they're equipped and enabled to be able to take an element of that process back to their respective offices, not only to accelerate their velocity and sort of stabilize their velocity from a software development perspective, but also to power their use of Cloud Foundry overall. So it's a, it's a really interesting model. I think we're one of the only consulting companies in the world, or rather, we're one of the only software product companies with a consulting arm that has this model of very intense enablement. It's like an immersive accelerator. Completely. Yeah, and that's it, often what our, our clients feel like. Yeah, they feel like they're such in a, different model a special, a completely to. special environment. And we do this as well because, you know, if we were, a, if, if labs, if the labs arm was a normal consulting practice, you know, you would meet once a week, you would maybe work together a little bit, and but we would be working fairly independently. And we, or we would go on site to a client 
and work with them, but it would be weird because you'd be, you know, 10 to 20 people working on this weird project together in an environment where nothing else is changing. And we bring them on site with us so that that cultural immersion can happen really fluidly and they can get as much out of it as possible so that when they go back to their organization, they can be the catalyst for change and transformation within their own teams because they've seen a better way of doing, of developing software. Yeah, as I've learned about Pivotal, it's, it's almost like most of the other accelerators I've been involved with, they'll help a startup solve a problem and you're helping them solve a culture. It's actually all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. And, you know, we are a for-profit business, so it's, we're, and, you know, we are very committed to our customers' success. Whatever we build with them within labs, we want to make sure that it is helping them achieve their business goals. Um, but to your point, you know, like, we also want to make sure that, you know, we're doing, we're doing the right thing. And that's part of our core values is to do the right thing, be kind, and do what works. So we really want to make sure that we're setting our customers up to be successful regardless of which area of the business they, they engage with. I'm curious, as a, as a self, you know, self, you called yourself an entrepreneur, now you're an entrepreneur slash entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, and your history, um, hello Alice. I want to talk right. a little bit about that partnership between uh, Dell and mm -hmm. Pivotal Labs. And just how special is this, especially given your history of course. and your leadership in the industry, what is this going to do for other women in technology? It's such an absolutely fantastic platform, and we are so thrilled to have been able to partner with Dell's entrepreneur-in-residence, Elizabeth Gore, with Carolyn Rotz, who is the founder of Circular Board, and with Dell Technologies to be able to help bring this to, to the world. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, go to helloalice.com and go and sign up for the platform. Anyone can sign up. It's a platform that's targeted at giving women entrepreneurs the resources that they need when they need it. Uh, this is things like access to capital, you know, legal advice, strategy, marketing, product development, technology, to help global entrepreneurs, every, global female entrepreneurs everywhere break down some of the barriers that they're going to encounter with investment, with bringing things to market, et cetera. Um, the reason why this is so important is because there has been a gap in the market for a service specifically targeting female entrepreneurs at, in this particular space. There are so many amazing organizations that focus on aspects of what Alice does. So some groups will focus on product development. Some will focus on technology and engineering. Some will focus on legal, HR, finance. Some will focus on um, on strategy or marketing or what have you. But there's nothing that brings it together in a really smart and iterative way to give you what you need when you need it and connect you with other female entrepreneurs around the world. That is the special power and magic of what Hello Alice and the Circular Board has done, which is we're just so fantastic. And when I think about the industry at large in technology and in business, we all know the diversity statistics, we all know the inclusion statistics. And so anything that we can do to help accelerate and close, as we talked about earlier, Mark, the leaky pipeline, not only for entry-level career, but also throughout middle management and leadership, anything that we can do to help support women in technology and business and retain them um, is, I'm all in. Talk a little bit about how it works, because mm -hmm. it was interesting. There's an artificial intelligence component. So uh, talk a little bit about the engine behind it. So, you know, we at Pivotal, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is being able to help enable our clients build the technology that they need to, that they need in order to be successful. And so when we think about 
you know, machine learning, when we think about natural language processing, we think about how we can sort of leverage those tools in various capacities to help people be successful. And so those are some of the things that, you know, Alice incorporates when we think about the technology behind what it's going to be doing. And also keeping in mind as well that, you know, one of our mandates when we build software is to con continuously be iterating, launching multiple MVPs and treating an MVP like a test to be able to say, what is it that we're going to build? How do we know whether or not we're successful? And then what's the next thing that we're going to prioritize and build? And so what's amazing is that where we see HelloAlice.com today is a wonderfully strong platform. And where we know it's going to be going is something that can literally fundamentally change the way that women entrepreneurs look to grow and scale their businesses. Well, that leads perfectly into my next question. <laughs> it really does. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. <laughs> because one of the things I admire about you is just what you have done. I mean, you have immersed yourself as a solopreneur, as a startup uh, person. You've been immersed in the startup culture. Mm -hmm. Now you're at, at, you're at a pretty large startup with mm -hmm. 2,000 employees, and you're advising other startups. So mm -hmm. what I'd love to get your perspective on is how has this world changed in the last five years? What What's better? What's easier? What's more challenging? for someone starting a business today compared to five years ago? There are so many more resources available. And being able to become connected to individuals through, you know, through social media, through your own extended networks, through conferences and events, the building of relationships, that has scaled effectively. So anyone can go and set up a business within four hours. Anyone can go and build out a prototype of an application within two or three hours, given the tools and the know-how. And there are so many resources that are now available to help support entrepreneurs in this way that weren't available five years ago. I started an accelerator in 2007 that was focused, it was based in Canada, focused on smartphone technology. We were the first one of its kind, and it was just after the iPhone had been released. And our goal was to think about the role of UI and UX in developing quality applications. So we brought students and interns in to companies to be able to help them design this because there were no other resources at the time. And at that point in time as well, we were really building something that had never been built before. Now, 10 years later, you can go anywhere and find those resources. But the challenge is finding the right resources at the right time for your moment of need. And that's part of going back to Alice, what Alice does for entrepreneurs. So that's how it's changed. There's also better access to capital um, for some. Women still get less than 3% of all investments overall. Less than 3%? Less than 3%. It's, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. But it will get better. Um, so we hope. <laughs> Um, but so, you know, access to capital is still problematic, at least in terms of the traditional VC model. What has also changed is that there are more, there's a more diverse set of funds that are available, family offices, foundations, government granting programs, et cetera, that will support entrepreneurs worldwide. Um, and entrepreneurship, because of so many successes of major companies, it is now the thing that people want to do. And there are so many communities and resources to be able to help support that. So it's a lot easier but also still quite difficult. <laughs> it's easier to get started. Well, your journey has been absolutely amazing. I mean, goldsmith, so artist, author, uh, entrepreneur, uh, accelerator, mm -hmm. starter, uh, now executive with, with Pivotal. I, I just 
you know, one of the things that you had mentioned before w- when we were speaking about the show was hmm. transforming yourself. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, boy, you are a living model of that to other people. Can you talk about that role of transforming yourself of in IT transformation? Sure. So um, I've always been driven and ambitious and really curious about the world. Um, and I think that, you know, early on, you know, I grew up in a blue collar family. They all worked at GM. I was the first one in my family to go to university. Um, you know, very similar situation to what you see in Michigan these days, except north of the border. And it was always this desire to see what was out there in the world. And so having to adopt a growth mindset really early on and learning how to learn. So it's not even so much that, you know, like, what else is out there? How do you do this? But it's kind of being driven intensely by discovering new things, making new things with other people, and learning new things to be able to then help support others that have been in similar situations as me. That's kind of been the the thing behind it. And I know, you know, I've had four or five careers already, and I'm barely 40. I know that I'm going to have another four or five careers by the time I'm 80, at least, you know, this is just the way it goes. And I think being adaptable um, and flexible with whatever it is that you're doing is going to bring you the most success. And, you know, when I think about our clients, when I think about our peers in the industry, you know, our leaders, our leadership, they have these innate qualities already. They've cultivated these qualities. What's interesting is two things. How do they then set the example of modeling behavior and support that within large enterprise so that everyone can adopt flexibility and resilience when in the face of change, so that their company becomes a dynam- an even more dynamic engine? And then also, you know, how do they help their their reports, how do they help their peers, how do they help the people that are all the way through the organization um, be incentivized to be, you know, learning learners, to have growth mindsets, to be resilient as well. Yeah, I love that idea that uh, it's something that we haven't really talked about on mm. this show so far is the idea, a key component of digital transformation is personal transformation. Absolutely, and cultural. Culture is, is just is just the idea of embracing fear, embracing Mm -hmm. change, maybe even in some ways embracing failure, which is kind of a mantra to these these days, but but applied to a big company with stockholders and quarterly sales goals. (laughs) I mean, that's a big challenge, isn't it? It's a huge challenge, but there's ways to do it successfully and strategically. So we've worked with the Home Depot and Ford over the last number of years, helping them transform their organizations from traditional IT orgs to that have, you know, and I would say actually companies that found themselves in the place of having to become software companies and having to become startups where they've had their respective industries and verticals and having to adopt a new way of thinking about reaching their customers and generating new business. And so much of that comes down to culture and empowerment, transparency, autonomy within their teams. And that's and I'm using, you can't see, but giant air quotes here, somewhat easy, giant air quotes, to do at the team level with your individual contributors, your managers, where you have the people that are building the products and services. It's much more difficult to do organizationally in middle management. And one thing that we always do when we start a transformation engagement with our major enterprises is bringing in ancillary industries. So it isn't just under the CIO or the CTO. It's including the head of finance, the head of HR and people, 
the business units, the sales organization, the customer success organizations, so that you can all align around a business goal and have that be the thing that helps to move the, the change and the empowerment that you need throughout an organization. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. What's, what's one technology that really is exciting you right now as you look forward? Oh, you look CRISPR. 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 Oh, the DNA. CRISPR, hands yeah. down, yeah. is the most interesting thing that I, and there, yeah. I, well, I should say. Well, let's back uh, up. Pivotal Class. I knew what CRISPR was, <laughs> yeah. and actually, I'm quite proud of that. Uh, <laughs> and Cloud Foundry, of course. <laughs> yeah, but let's, but, 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 but let's back, explain a little bit what CRISPR is and why you're, why you're. Sure, so CRISPR is a genetic sequencing editing um, technology that allows uh, geneticists and, and scientists to be able to take a gene sequence and essentially snip out, and this is super non-scientific, non-technical knowledge or language, but, yeah, but be able I'm to edit and remove <laughs> aspects <laughs> of a genetic code um, and then essentially distribute that modified code back into a genetic, th those modified genes back into a living entity. And so this has huge implications for, you know, it works well, again, big air quotes right now, for very specific symptoms or very specific things that like uh, diseases. Um, and I'm blanking on the most recent story that we heard about in the last couple of weeks where they, they had some early stage success with, I think it was Lou Gehrig's disease in mice, but that might not be it. Um, it gets much more complicated when you think about ongoing chronic diseases, when you think about syndromes, which are collections of, of symptoms um, and other types of things. But Right now, where we are, we have the ability to do genetic modification. And there's lots of really interesting ethical concerns. There's lots of really interesting future concerns around what does this mean for our species, uh, for healthcare, preventative medicine, et cetera. But it's, it's super fascinating. It's complete science fiction. Well, we'll, 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 we'll have you on the, on the next podcast, <laughs> the Transhuman Podcast. Exactly. But Michelle, this has been absolutely delightful. Thank and, you so much. Uh, I, 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 I want to invite you to come back when you're 80 to see if you've had four or five <laughs> more careers. We're going to check on that, and Wonderful. we're going to see how it goes. I have see a feeling we goes. won't have to wait that long. Yeah, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Wonderful. But thank you so much, and thanks to all of you for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you here on Luminaries. This is Mark Schaefer on behalf of myself and Doug Carr. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech, a podcast series from Dell Technologies.